Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hashtag murder! <laughs> uh, I'm Scar. And I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And don't love wedding planning. <laughs> oh my oh god. god. <laughs> uh, the emotional toll. And I'm not even really a part of it, you're but just, I'm stressed. Well, you're um, Harley's emotional support human. <laughs> That's true. Oh my god. Yeah, we just went and got our nails done today. Scarlet did, not me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you should not. specify Harley that. and I went and yeah, got our nails le- done. <laughs> lesbians, they don't get their nails done. We gotta keep them short. Yeah. Uh, at least you're kind of lesbian. Yeah, always ready. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm ready. It's this weekend. Yes. So, whenever this comes out, it will have already happened. And she'll be in the so time much, machine. So much less stressed. I will be. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um... It's going to be great. And then you never have to do this again. I'm sure we had a hoot. Um. Oh, yeah. This will never, <laughs> never. I know we've talked about this before, but I am never planning a wedding. Oh, it's Laura said that she's an ordained minister, so she can marry you and Dustin in like two minutes. Oh. Yep. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. I love how like easy that is to do. Yeah. I think Don't you, you just, just pay like 10 bucks and you just go online and. I have no idea. I'll ask her, but probably. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I like that. Um, And tomorrow, I'm mm-hmm. getting my first ever spray tan. Oh, my. <laughs> At 9 a.m. Oh, in the morning? Yeah. You don't like mornings. I know. We got our nails done at 9.30. It's too much. You too okay? early. You're right. No, ma'am. I am not okay. <laughs> she is unwell. I am unwell. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, and then we leave tomorrow mm-hmm. and we'll be there until Tuesday. Oh. So. Well, I'm just going to show up Saturday, mm-hmm. um, get drunk. Yes. Leave Sunday. Yeah. Love, love that for me. Yeah, because somebody's making you work. I, yes, I work. Well, <laughs> Somebody has to work if he's not. Because <laughs> he's getting married. <laughs> yeah. What a, I guess that's a big deal. I don't know. I guess so. God. Um, but anywho, Alex is going to tell me a story today. And you are going to be so unwell. This one's Even really, more so? Yeah, this one's really bad. Um, so if child abuse um, or murder is not something that you can listen to... Oh. Skip this episode entirely. Can I skip this? No, you cannot skip. You cannot skip. Everybody else can skip. Oh, no. Um, okay. Yeah, so this is the murder of Sylvia Likens. Sylvia? Yes. Love the name Sylvia. I really want to name name a cat Sylvie. Oh, Sylvie. Be so cute. I really like that. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Um, And we're going in the time machine for this one. Please ruin my day. I'm ready. (laughs) So Gertrude Van Falsen. Gertrude. We're, we're gonna we gotta talk about Gertrude first. Okay. And then we'll talk about Sylvia. Oh, okay. Yep. Right. So Gertrude Van Fossen was born September nineteenth, nineteen twenty nine. Oh. Do you know what that makes her? It's your. Or what fa- was it again? September nineteenth. Virgo. Yeah, Virg. No. Virg. No. <laughs> oh God. In Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so not a ton is known about her childhood, probably because it was the 1930s. Yeah. Uh, but based on what she does later in life, I'm going to assume that it was not all unicorns and sunshine. Oh, all right, Gertie. Okay. So Gertie was the middle child of six siblings. Too many kids. That's way too fucking many. <laughs> uh, when Gertrude was 11, she actually witnessed her father die due to a massive heart attack, which is just traumatic oh. in general, but like to be that young, young and then see it. Oh, that's just so bad. Yeah. So, huh. Yeah. So Gertrude, she would only end up going to school through age 16, and she actually dropped out to marry 18-year-old John Banaszewski. Banaszewski? I think I said that uh, right. I think it's Banaszewski. Banaszewski? Yeah. Polish. Anyway. <laughs> Poland. Poland. John would frequently beat Gertrude. Great. And he had a very violent temper. He would even beat her in front of the four children they had together. Paula, Stephanie, John, and Marie, and the two actually ended up staying together for 10 years before oh. not being together anymore. Oh, okay. So in this 10 years, they had these four kids. And he beat the shit out of her in front of the four kids. That's fantastic. I love that for them. Ugh. So John was originally from Youngsville, Pennsylvania, and ended up becoming a police officer after getting married to Gertrude. Ah, a police officer who beats his wife. I know. We've never heard of that. No, that's new. It's very new. Oh, strange. Hmm. Pretty quickly after the divorce to John, Gertrude ended up getting married to a man named Edward Guthrie. Okay. And it lasted a whopping three months before the two of them got divorced. Oh. <laughs> this is where it gets a little weird. All right. Weirder. Do tell. So after Gertrude divorced Edward Guthrie, Guthrie, whatever, she ended up going back to husband number one and remarrying, and they had two more children together, Shirley and James. And then they got divorced again in 1963. Huh. So she went back to the guy who was beating her and then decided to have two more children with him? Yep. And then got divorced again. Interesting. So, yeah. Choice. Very, yeah. So quickly, after divorce number three to husband number one, <laughs> okay. she meets a man named Dennis Wright, who she quickly marries again. Uh, we, we don't, uh, she's acting like a U-Haul lesbian. She's all over the place. She is. Yeah, so at the time, Gertrude was 35 years old, and our boy Dennis Wright, uh, he was 22. Ah, a young lover. Young lover. Huh. Weird. <laughs> um, interesting. Especially for that time frame. Yeah. Hmm. So Dennis uh, gets Gertrude pregnant. Oh my god. And right after the baby was born, Dennis ditches Gertrude. And now she's a single mom to seven children. Seven kids. Seven kids, no help at all. Oh, my. Gertrude ended up taking Dennis to court to get him to pay child support, and the court did side with Gertrude and award her child support, but Dennis never paid any of it. Of course. Why would yeah. he? I mean, yeah. So Gertrude was getting some uh, financial support from husband number one, who would send child support checks on occasion, but it wasn't enough to support herself and seven children. Yeah, seven kids. So she worked odd jobs here and there, like uh, like sewing and cleaning to try and like make ends meet. Just doing whatever. Yeah, you and, gotta, uh, gotta do what you can for Gert seven Gertrude kids. And Gertrude wasn't in the best health either. Uh, she was a heavy smoker and asthmatic. Mm. And even though she was 5'6", which is above average height for most women of the time, yeah. she only weighed like 100 pounds. Can we look her up? Yep, you can look her up. Okay. <laughs> One moment. Imagine being my height and 100 pounds. I have 60 pounds on her. That's thin. That's real thin. That's not... Huh. Okay. She looks here's, like a methany. Here's the thing. Whenever she's younger, she's, she's alright. She still looks like a methany. She's okay. But whenever she's... Look! <gasps> she's terrifying. She is 
terrified. She's like, uh, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's the picture I'm going to use in the post. <laughs> oh, my. And look at her frog mouth. Look at the eyebrows. Wow. Is she scary? That is, she is not cute. <laughs> Holy shit. That is not the granny you want. Uh, she almost kind of, in this one, she almost kind of looks like Eileen. Oh, she does. Huh, weird. Okay, continue. Uh, Anyway, Sylvia Marie Likens is going to be the center of the story. Oh, Sylvie. Sylvie was born. January 3rd, 1949. Okay. And you'll love this scar. Guess what her parents did for a living? <laughs> uh, parents in the 19... Late 1940s. Late so 19- early 1950s. They were movie stars. No. Oh. Uh, they worked at the carnival. <gasps> Get out. They were carnies. They were carnies. Leave yes. the carnies alone. So Sylvia was the middle child of four other siblings who were all fraternal twins. Oh. I oh, know. I, weird. More, tw- more twins. The past three, three weeks. Th- twins. Oh, my God. And I forgot about this. So, oh. Because I wrote this up like two months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. She was the uh, middle child of two, two sets of twins. Two sets of twins. Isn't that wild? Wow. One set was Daniel and Diana. That's cute. I fucking love the name Diana I so like much. That. And the And they were two years older than she was. Okay. And the other set was Benny and Jenny. Benny and Jenny. Mm-hmm. And they were one year younger than her. So they're all relatively like close in age. Wow. Huh. I'm surprised they decided to pop out oh, five or kids. try two more yeah. after they already had the first two. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been an accident. Yeah. That's true. So Jenny Likens, which was one of the younger twins, suffered from polio and she had to wear a steel brace on one of her legs to compensate it for being like so much weaker than the other leg. No. Oh. Sylvia was really close to Jenny and super protective of her since she was so much smaller and weaker than the other siblings. Plus, she's a little bit older than Jenny. Yeah, and not by much. Not by much, no. Yeah, protective big sister. Yes, she is. Sylvia's parents, Lester and Betty, were considered lower middle class and didn't make much money at their carnival gig. So Sylvia would work little like odd jobs here and there, like cleaning or babysitting, whatever, to help the family out. Yeah, she's got to do something to... Once again, mm-hmm. five kids. Yeah. God. And fun fact, Sylvia's nickname with her friends and family was Cookie. 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 Oh. I love that name. Oh, how sweet. So, sometime in the summer, when Sylvia was a teenager, her mom was actually caught and arrested for shoplifting. Oh. Which put Lester, uh, the dad, and all the kids in a really hard spot because they were now missing half of their income. Yeah. And it was really tough to make money to support the family. Oh, okay. Because they're already not making enough, and then on top of that, she gets arrested. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so the oldest Lycan twin at this point was now older and married and kind of living her own life, doing her own thing. Diana. Diana. While the two male Lycan children ended up joining the circus with their dad to help out the family. Like, what do you do... (laughs) What like, do you do with the circus? Are they, like, in charge of rides? Do they sell hot dogs? Uh, they probably, like, do something with, like, cleaning up or Are animals. They? I don't know. They're young. That's true. Yeah. So, this left the two Lycan girls, Sylvia and Jenny, kind of left out because they couldn't join the circus because it wasn't very safe. Yeah, as we have learned, it's not safe. No. So, their dad ended up looking for boarding for the two youngest daughters in Indianapolis so they wouldn't have to travel with the circus anymore. Sometime later in July of 1965, Sylvia went to a sleepover with one of her friends from high school, Stephanie Veniswesky. All right. That last name sounds familiar. 
That's it's because Gertrude it's, it's Gertrude's 17-year-old daughter. Oh, okay. When Lester Likens went to pick up his daughter from the sleepover, he got to chit-chatting with Gertrude and ended up venting about his stress with trying to find boarding for his two youngest daughters. And this is when Gertrude stepped up and said, hey, why don't you just let Sylvie and Jenny stay with me and you give me 20 bucks a week to keep them? So she's already got seven kids. She's already got seven. That she can't take care of. And now she's going to add two more. Yeah, she just, uh, you'll see what she does. Oh my. So Lester's like, hell yeah, that's a great opportunity. The kids don't have to change schools. They'll be with somebody they're familiar with. Love this plan. So the girls get their stuff together and they move into 3850 East New York Street. With Gertrude and her seven kids. Goblins. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Literal goblins. Oh. And the plan is for Lester and Elizabeth to return to them in November later on that year. So they were only going to stay for like a few months. Because I, I guess they were just going to get back together after Carney season. <laughs> yeah. And she's in jail. So and she's in I jail. guess that's whenever so, she gets out of jail. Yeah. So at first everything was fine and dandy. Jenny and Sylvia actually helped out a lot around the house with Gertrude. They attended church and Sunday school with the rest of the kids, and they were treated relatively fair in the home, despite living with seven other kids, which could be stressful. I'll say, yeah. So, things kind of start to go downhill, however, when Lester stopped paying the 20 bucks a week boarding fee for the kids. And Gertrude wasn't happy about this, and started taking out her aggression and anger on the two Likens girls. Because their dad wasn't paying. Don't like that. Also, hold on one moment. Where's mm-hmm. our Where's our time money converter here? Oh yeah. Um, time what money. year are we in? Uh, nineteen forty nine. Uh, well, they're older, so probably nineteen fifty. No, nineteen fifty five. Well, yeah, that's a good amount of money. So, two hundred twenty eight dollars a week. Yeah, that's some that's some money. Damn. Yeah, eight hundred dollars yep. a month, basically. Nine hundred. Yep. Huh. Okay. So, uh, she ain't getting her money. And Which the f- I would also not be too happy about. Yep. So, the first bit of abuse uh, was when Gertrude took a quarter-inch wooden paddle and beat each of the girls and said, I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing. What? Oh, yeah. It gets worse. Like, this is just, uh, this is, you know, a little seasoning. the iceberg? Yeah. Uh, So there was another instance where she beat them because they both, quote, ate too much at the church dinner, end quote. And they've only been here. She's been watching them for like two weeks? A month? Not even a month. Yeah. Uh, So one of the oldest of Gertrude's kids, Paula, would actually chime in and be verbally abusive to Sylvia because she was jealous of how beautiful and nice Sylvia was. And she would take that jealousy out on her as well. Oh, hold on. Let me look up Sylvia real Sylvia quick. probably looks like Gertrude, so I can't imagine she's that cute. You mean Paula? Yes. It's been a long day. <laughs> Who was that? Sylvia Jane Hutton. Forgot her last name. Likens. Likens. Okay, let me just... Oh. Oh, she cute. She's got the curly bangs, too. She got a little baby face. She is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. And then, you know, Gertrude Jr. probably looks like Gertrude. Oh, my. Oh, can you imagine living with that? I'd be terrified every day. She looks like the Grim Reaper. She is the Grim Reaper. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, there was one day, Sylvia had come home from school, and she was talking to her little sister, Jenny, about a new boyfriend she had at school. Ooh. You know, cutesy girl stuff. Yeah. And Paula overheard the conversation and kicked her in the abdomen and accused her of being pregnant. Just because she was talking about... Her new boyfriend. A, a new to, guy friend? To her little sister. Yeah. She's just excited, telling her sister. 
and <sighs> little shit. Just like I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. And weren't they friends? Didn't wasn't they she were at friends her house before. for the sleepover? Yeah, they were friends before this. Uh. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie and Paula were the two oldest of Gertrude's daughters. They would come home and tell Gertrude like a ton of rumors and lies about Sylvia and how she was gossiping about the girls or Gertrude at school. So then, obviously, hot-tempered Gertrude would get pissed and take that shit out on poor Sylvia, who didn't do any of these things. She's just getting the shit knocked out of her for no reason. Oh my god. Uh, Yeah, Stephanie and Paula even went as far as gossiping about Sylvia to the rest of the school so that they would also start talking and being mean to Sylvia too. Because it's not good enough just to do it at home. They have to do it at school too. This is so strange. It gets worse. So, Paula and Stephanie even escalated to the point of helping their mother beat Sylvia, and at one point, Paula brutally attacked Sylvia so aggressively she broke her own wrist. Wow. Yeah, she broke her own wrist, Uh, beating this child so bad. And after she got her cast off, she used it to beat Sylvia. The cast? The cast. Oh. Sylvia was sexually abused as well. They would insert different objects inside of her, um, make her strip down naked in front of the entire neighborhood, burn her with cigarettes on her bare skin. Just, like, awful, awful shit. What? And people... She's in the middle of the neighborhood? She's in the p- middle of the neighborhood. Nobody's doing anything. None they're of them... just watching, and they're like, well, yep. there goes Gertrude, and yeah. those fucking... two girls she's watching, and those two uh. her heathen fucking children just letting it happen. Oh my god. So, most of the abuse went towards Sylvia rather than Jenny. I think it's because Sylvia was just more, like, older and outspoken and prettier, so they're like, we're gonna take it out on you. Yeah. Whereas Jenny was kind of already weak and, you know. Yeah, she had polio, so, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, doesn't look too good to beat up on someone who's already sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, the abuse at the home got worse and worse as time got on, and both girls were too terrified to say something because Gertrude kept saying she would kill them if they said anything. So they just kept their heads down and mouth shut to try and, like, get through the best that they could together. Damn. I wonder why, I mean, I know it's, I know it's the 50s or early 60s, and they maybe didn't know anybody else there, but well, they, I would They choose... stayed in the same neighborhood, school, everything. Like, yeah. It's just strange that nobody noticed or said anything. Yeah. And if they did notice, they clearly didn't Do care. Anything. No. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so Sylvie, uh, sorry, I keep saying Sylvie because you call her Sylvie. Oh, Sylvie. Sylvia was often denied food or even beaten and punished for purchasing her own sweets or food after being accused of stealing it by Gertrude. So now she's not allowed to eat? Yep. Uh, and there were some days where Sylvia was forced to eat out of garbage cans because they wouldn't let her eat anything else. So Sylvia took to collecting recycling around the home and neighborhood so she could turn it in and get money for it to buy her own food since she wasn't being given any food at home. Uh, Which is just fucking sad. Were they not feeding Jenny either? They were feeding Jenny, but not much. Uh, Okay. So when Gertrude found out about this, she beat Sylvia. And then not long after this, Gertrude force-fed a hot dog covered in mustard and ketchup to Sylvia. And when Sylvia got ill and threw the hot dog back up, she made her eat her own vomit excuse me yeah like this is Uh, just it just gets worse and worse it's bad and this is a child this is a child she didn't do anything to this woman she's a child it makes me think that Uh, gertrude she had to have been abused as a child like you don't just come up with this shit yeah well her 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 husband too yeah 
So the Likens family would visit from time to time. They didn't suspect any wrongdoing by Gertrude or anything really strange at all. Which I found really odd, since at the very least, I think the girls would have appeared, like, unhappy and sad. Yeah, and maybe, like, a little emaciated if they hadn't yeah. eaten in three weeks or yeah. a month or and however like, long. And, Sylvia, like, Sylvia would have been covered in, like, burns and bruises from the physical abuse. Yeah. So I'm sure they weren't careful about hiding that. Well, uh, maybe they were, and she was wearing, like, long sleeves and pants. That's possible. And... Mm-hmm. Damn. So, one day, Sylvia and Jenny were at a local park with some of Gertrude's other kids when they ran into their oldest sibling, Diana, one of the twins. And after talking with her a little bit, Sylvia told her how hungry she was, and Diana gave her a sandwich that she had packed. Oh, that's sweet. Unfortunately, one of Gertrude's rotten-ass kids saw this and told their mother. So, Sylvia was beaten when she arrived back home. (sighs) They choked and beat her till she passed out, which made Gertrude even more angry so she threw her into scalding hot water to, quote, cleanse her of her sins. For eating a sandwich? For eating a sandwich given to her by her sister. Sister? Yeah. And, like, why did the why did the sister not do anything? I know. Why is no one doing, doing anything? anything? Yeah. Ah. So Gertrude was convinced that Sylvia was a whore and that this was, the cru- like, the cause of a lot of the abuse. Oh, so the cleansing of the sins and, and the, the hot water and yeah, I don't know where the fuck she got that from, but yes. Oh my god. Sylvia would pass out pretty often when she was being beaten, since all they did was choke her all the time, and when this would happen, Gertrude would try to wake her back up by beating her head against the wall. Um Yeah, I don't think I don't that's... think that's how you wake someone up I don't who think that's has how you... passed out. No, that's not how you revive somebody. Oh god. This is horrifying. Yeah. So a few weeks later, Sylvia and Jenny ran into Diana again, and they divulged the secrets they had been holding on to for so long and told her all about the abuse, everything that was going on inside of Gertrude's home, and that someone was supposed to be taking care of them, and this is what was happening. Yeah, and they live in this tiny, I'm assuming, tiny town. Yeah, well, it's Indianapolis. Where she knows everybody. It's a suburb in Indianapolis. Like, everybody knows everybody. But the best part is, is that Diana didn't believe it. And didn't say anything. She thought they were lying. Even after the the sandwich and the... And the... Yeah, you told them. Like, hey, this is what happened. Yep, still don't believe her. Oh, believe... Believe children. Believe people. Especially children. Believe victims. Please. A local parent of one of the neighbors called in to report a girl staying in Gertrude's home that had sores all over her body, and they actually sent a nurse in to look at what the hell was going on. There we go. Okay, so we finally got somebody saying something. Yes. But, like, also a nurse? Yeah, may not, maybe police, EMS. Yeah. I like, did they, I guess they just thought she was ill. Yeah, maybe. Huh. So Gertrude told the nurse that Sylvia had run away for a week and that the sores on her body were from Sylvia's poor hygiene and how rotten of a child she was. The case was dropped from that point, and nothing else had been investigated. Gertrude was basically able to smooth the entire thing over and make it seem like she had just had to, like, punish Sylvia on occasion because of her poor behavior. So just beating and leaving bruises on a child... That's fine. A child that's... I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with it, but a child that's... That's not even your child. Yeah, and you're beating the shit out of her. Oh my god. So a few minutes after the nurse incident, Diana, sister, makes a visit to Gertrude's house to see her sisters. 
And when she arrived, she knocked on the door and Gertrude refused to let her in because the Lycan's parents supposedly told her not to let the girl see their older sister. Oh, Gertrude told Diana that the the parents said, "Hey, they're not allowed to see you." That's what the that's what their parents said. Oh, which I think is just a lie that lie. Gertrude came up with so that Diana couldn't see the kids. Uh, yeah. So Sylvia, due to being beaten so often in her abdomen and the malnourishment, started suffering from bedwetting. And as punishment for this, Gertrude would throw her down into the basement and make her stay there tied up, naked and starving. What is Happening. There was also no bathroom down there, and Sylvia would have to use the bathroom on herself. And when this would happen, Gertrude would throw her in scalding hot water to, quote, clean her. This is appalling. It's horrible. It's fucking awful. She's literally been neglected to the point where she's incontinent. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Oh my god. Gertrude then started offering five cents to the neighborhood kids to come into her basement and beat Sylvia. Uh, also, why the what? fuck would you do that? Like, you're beating a child for fun? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And these are other kids, other kids. in the neighborhood. Not her own kids. Other kids in the neighborhood. This is so weird. Yes. I've never heard of anything like this. It's happening. fucking outrageous. Ugh. <sighs> So Gertrude's kids continued to use Sylvia as a punching bag, and they even at one point etched, quote, I am a prostitute and I am proud of it, uh, on Sylvia's stomach with a hot needle. <gasps> so they they branded her. Yeah. <gasps> I told you it was bad. Oh my god, Alex. I told you it was bad, I warned you. Shame on you. <laughs> it's I your fault so... of not reading the notes. Oh my god. So oh. after this, into Gert- her stomach, into her stomach, yeah. So like they basically like uh. branded her like a animal. Oh no! Uh. And after this, Gertrude's ten-year-old daughter stepped it up another notch and branded Sylvia with the number three. What? They were trying to make the letter S, but they're stupid as fuck. Like S for slut. A ten-year-old. A ten-year-old. Ten. Ten-year-old child. Who I'm assuming, with permission from her mother, did that. Or even, maybe not permission, but instruction yeah, from her mother. it could have been instruction. Oh my. That night, after essentially being branded, Sylvia confided to her sister, Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell. Sylvia. I know. And it's really sad, because she's, try- she's really just trying to stay alive so that Jenny doesn't have to be by herself. This is traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. This is horrific. She's going to need a shot after this. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I got a whole bottle of vodka. Tequila. Tequila. <laughs> or no, not tequila. Whipped. Whipped. <laughs> Whipped. So they would tease her, tell her she would never be able to get married because she was garbage and her body was garbage and Gertrude was still sexually assaulting her this entire time too. This is so twisted. Yeah. And Gertrude <sighs> supposedly claims that she had a completely normal and average childhood and upbringing, which oh. I don't fucking believe. Like, how, you don't just, like, learn this type of thing and come up with it yourself. Like, you learn it from somewhere. Yeah, and the fact that she's doing it to a child, I'm it's sure there's some alarming. sort of psychology yeah. there. Yep. God. Yeah, so I think it had to either, like, she had to either be abused by husband number one or two, maybe who the fuck knows or even like husband num- or her dad maybe or maybe her siblings yeah as a child could be and now she's taking out on another child i don't know yeah. this is so fucked yep so after the diana incident 
Gertrude forced Sylvia to write a letter to her parents saying that she had run away with a group of boys from the neighborhood. In that same letter, she claimed the boys beat and raped her, and this was just Gertrude's own way of covering her ass. Well, yeah, she's going to try and blame it on somebody else. Yeah. So Gertrude told Sylvia that she was to hand the letter to her parents the next time they visited. But in reality, Gertrude's real plan was to take Sylvia out into the woods and tie her up there to leave her to starve. I just don't understand. I mean, how old's Gertrude? Like 40? Yeah, she's got to be in her 40s. And she's doing this to a 16-year-old. A child. Yeah. (sighs) So Sylvia overheard Gertrude talking about this plan and actually tried to run away. There we go. I've been waiting for her to run. Unfortunately, she was so weak that she was caught before she even made it off the property and Gertrude beat her until she passed out. (laughs) Later on, a neighbor claimed to have heard the screaming coming from Gertrude's home and she was going to call but decided not to when the noises stopped around 3 o'clock that morning. Just Just call! Just fucking call! Like, better safe than sorry! You're hearing screaming and noises like that till 3 o'clock in the morning and you think that's okay? (sighs) And then it just suddenly stops? Yeah, you should- are you not alarmed by that? Oh, man. So at this point, Sylvia was completely confined to the basement and was getting weaker and weaker every day. Every time she would try to crawl up the stairs to escape, Gertrude or one of her fucking shithead kids would beat her relentlessly till she fell back down the stairs. Oh, this is... This is fucked. This is sad. Yeah. This is real sad. So Sylvia had been beaten and neglected and malnourished and dehydrated so much by this point she was losing cognitive function. <sighs> like she couldn't speak. Oh my really, god. Really like move her body. Like she's basically almost a vegetable at this point. This is so heartbreaking. Uh, And Sylvia was completely filthy and just like covered with sores from not being able to take care of her personal hygiene or like anything in general. Yeah, she can't even move. Yeah. And that's when one of the kids, Gertrude's kids, decided they should probably give her a sponge bath just to help her smell a little bit better. Well, it was during this bath that they discovered that Sylvia wasn't breathing and she was actually dead. (gasps) And on October 16th, 1965... At the age of 16 years old, Sylvia passed away. 16 years old. Oh. Stephanie, one of the kids, attempted to give Sylvia mouth to mouth. Probably just fucking cover her own ass. Yeah, I don't think she really cared. She She was in on it. Yeah. Why would she care about saving this person? No. And Gertrude kept saying, oh, she's just faking it. Leave her alone. God, what a cold-hearted bitch. And Sylvia's final words were that she wished her dad was there. Oh. Gertrude kept beating Sylvia's corpse with a book and say, like shouting, faker, faker, even after it was like more than clear that Sylvia was dead. I'm literally speechless. Yeah, this is fucking awful. Gertrude told Stephanie's boyfriend to call the police from a local payphone, and when the police arrived, Gertrude told them that Sylvia ran away, and this is how she, retur- she returned home. Dead? Dead. She with returned sores. home and was dead? Yes, with sores. Uh, uh, she claimed that she was tending to her all day long trying to nurse her back to health so why didn't you call anybody a doctor that uh, yeah so stephanie <sighs> told police officers that sylvia's death was quote meant to happen and turned to jenny and told her that they would treat her as one of their own if she decided to stay and be their sister um no ma'am what is that some like religious bullshit no she's she was being meant psycho. to die but she's just fucking psycho uh, so they liked Jenny. I think they're not like Sylvia. I think they were just putting a front on, like, 
just fucking with Jenny's head. Oh. Jenny, Sylvia's sister, was somehow able to talk to one of the officers on the scene, and she told him, get me out of here, and I'll tell you everything. Good girl, Jenny. It's a good girl. Oh. So, they got Jenny out of the home, and she spilled the tea on everything that was going on inside that, like, fucking torture house. Literally, torture house. Uh, with Jenny's statement, the officers were then able to arrest Gertrude, three of her kids, and Stephanie and Paula's boyfriends, and five of the neighborhood kids for the injuries that they had caused to Sylvia for, like, Good. paying to eat her. Yep. Yeah. Getting paid Fuck. five cents yep. to Fuck come yes, down Jenny. to this basement to beat up a child. Yep. Ugh. So the kids were eventually released to their parents, but they still had to report to court to give a statement. Um, I don't think anything came of this, and they weren't held accountable for any of the devastating abuse they inflicted to poor Sylvia, which is just fucking bullshit. I'm sure they grew up to be outstanding citizens yep. who never beat their wives. I hope they got lung cancer and died <sighs> painful deaths. God. Gertrude only admitted to making Sylvia sleep in the basement when she was wetting the bed because she didn't want the mattress to be ruined. That's a yeah. great reason to make a child sleep on the floor of an... I'm assuming unfinished basement. Yes. Gertrude would get really irritable and agitated during the police questioning because they kept telling her that her story didn't match up with all the abuse and evidence on Sylvia's body. Yeah, no shit. That doesn't just happen. Yeah, fucking idiot. The coroner, Dr. Arthur Keeble, stated there was a total of 150 wounds on her body. Her fingernails had been bent backwards. Oh, I hate that. She had muscle damage. Oh. She was extremely malnourished and underweight, dehydrated, and she had sores, burns, and bruises over the entirety of her body. And she was only there for like two months. Yeah. This happened over like 60 days. Yep. Ugh. Her official cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head, which was later discovered to be from like a curtain rod that Gertrude would beat Sylvia with. Oh, man. So, like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, it sounds like, because no one was doing anything about it, it sounds like a weird, like, herd mentality? Yeah, led like when, by... Led by Gertrude. Gertrude? Yeah. Because how can so many people get in on this and no one does anything? anything? Yeah. They don't do anything to stop it. I don't know, there's something psychological going on there. So, Gertrude, Paula... And John, her oldest son, they were all tried for first-degree murder. Fucking good. Yep. God. Stephanie's charges were dropped due to insufficient evidence, but she did agree to testify against her family at trial, which I think is a fucking crock of shit. You were just as responsible as the rest of them. Yeah, you were there and did nothing to stop it. But uh, she got to live a really happy life, and she became a teacher. Huh? She became a teacher after after all of this because she didn't go to jail and to work with children, children who she probably helped murder yes one of oh my yep great uh, the boyfriends of the two daughters were charged with premeditated malice okay uh do we know how long they were gone i couldn't really find it but like okay. i don't think that's a probably aggressive not charge yeah probably a couple years i would say max oh shit Gertrude tried to throw all the blame on her own kids, claiming that they were responsible for Sylvia and Jenny because she was too depressed and stressed to take care of the home. And she couldn't be taking care of the two those two extra kids, too. 
So why agree to it, Gertrude? Yeah. I was like, you literally agreed to it. Well, she was getting almost 250 bucks a week. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Ugh. The jury found Gertrude guilty of first-degree murder. Good. Bitch. And gave her a life sentence. <sighs> Paula originally got a life sentence as well, but she had a retrial and her verdict was changed from first-degree murder to voluntary manslaughter. Uh, so her sentence was changed from two to 21 years, but she only served three years. One, two, three, three, three years. Three, yes. One, two, three years for murder. The boyfriends were convicted of manslaughter, which I also don't understand why everybody's getting different charges. Yeah. They both got 18 months in a juvenile center. Because <sighs> they weren't yep. 18 yet. Yep. So. One of the boyfriends, uh, Richard actually died at age 21 after heavily smoking to cope with the remorse he was feeling for what he had done to Sylvia. Good. He was 14 years old when he was convicted. Fuck you. 14? Yeah. Fuck you, sir. Oh, my. He was two years younger than her. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. Gertrude had a retrial as well, but uh, got the same verdict. But they did change her sentence to 18 years to life. Instead of... Life. Life? Yeah. Which she should have just gotten. Um... Mm-hmm. Gertrude was a model inmate and was even referred to as mom by some of the other inmates she worked in the sewing room with. Oh, that's fucking gross. It's Hate giving me that. like um, Orange is the New Black vibes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a great show. It is a great show. I need to rewatch that. Yes. That's the gayest, one of the gayer things about you. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> when an attorney was questioned as to why he thought Gertrude committed this horrible fucking act, he said... She had a miserable life. What I think about this was ultimately jealousy. I'm like, you were jealous, so you beat a child until she died? Yeah. Like, it. she was jealous of a 16-year-old. She's a, a cute child. 16-year-old. She is a child. Oh, yeah. God. When her parole came up, she changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen. She got out? She got out. Oh. This pissed oh. off a lot of people, and 4,500 people signed a petition to keep her in prison, but she was still granted parole. She moved out. How does that happen? The the fucking system is fucked. Indiana, get your fucking the shit whole si- together. The whole system needs to be fucked. Ugh. Um, yeah. So she moved to Iowa and died five years later from lung cancer on June 16th, 1990, at the age of 61 years old. Bye. Bye. As Rest in distress. <laughs> Rest in distress. Yeah. I like that. Um, I don't know how this came about but dustin and i have a thing now Mm -hmm. that we say to each other whenever we're annoying each other be fun have safe no (laughs) you can fuck all the way off you can all the way off (laughs) Uh, so that's what we can start saying to our um oh you can fuck all the way off yeah and rest in distress (laughs) rest in distress so paula also moved to iowa when she was released to live close to her mom and she also changed her name and started a career in the school district. Why did they both go to schools? I don't know. I don't even know why this was allowed. Uh, um, maybe let's not com- let people convicted of murder and abuse and the torture of children. medieval torture of a child work, work with, with children. children. Yeah. Uh, but when her true identity was discovered in 2012, she was fired. Uh, but she still worked a couple decades inside the school system. Ah, uh, that's alarming. Yeah. So when John was released from prison, he changed his name to John Blake and became a minister. And he stated that he should not, he should have been handed a harder sentence, which is what every guilty fucking person says when they're released. 
that they should have been handed a harder sentence. Yeah, they all say that. They're like, oh yeah, I should I should have been given a harder sentence, but here I am. Oh, and now I'm out here doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yep. All right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jenny ended up moving on, getting married, and she, like, you know, tried oh, to just kind of live a normal life the best she Jenny, could. Jenny. 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 Hmm. In 2001, a large granite memorial was made for Sylvia in Indianapolis where the crime occurred. Mm. And it's got her photo and states this memorial is in memory of a young child who died a tragic death. As a result, laws changed and awareness increased. This is a commitment to our children that the Indianapolis Police Department is working to make this a safe city for our children. Oh, God. Yep. Sylvia's death helped push through Indiana's mandated reporter law putting focus on the investigation and recognition of abuse and that if anyone suspected a child of being abused or neglected they are obligated to report it to authorities oh yeah that's good yep hate that it took that but that's good yep uh this is my little fun fact for you Oh, okay. Right. Uh, there was also a nonprofit advocacy center dedicated to Sylvia in 2016, oh. which is designed to help child victims of abuse and neglect. And they work hand in hand with law enforcement and the Department of Child Services. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. I can't. Yep. I literally can't. And uh, there was also a movie made in 2007 called An American Crime about the story of Sylvia and Jenny. Um,. Usually I want to watch Oh, I definitely could not watch that. I'm not watching that. That sounds like a bad time. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Hated that. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Love you. Hated that. Happy wedding weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Happy wedding. Woo. Woo. So great. Oh, my. Welp. I'm going to go eat Waffle House. (laughs) You're not going to have burgers? No, I'm going to go eat Waffle House. I told you. I thought you were going tomorrow. No, today I'm going to get Waffle House. Oh, okay. Well, you're missing out on Dusty's Burgers. Dusty, oh, Dusty's Burger Bar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. Um, Before you go, we have an Instagram at hashtag murderpod. Spell it all out. And we also have a Patreon. Oh, we have have a new patron. We have a new patron. Oh, I. Your phone's right there. Oh. Who's who's our patron? (laughs) One moment. Is it my mom? No. It was, uh, uh... Toaster Strudel? Oh. <laughs> oh, is that your that grocery our, list? It was our list for, uh, uh, one of our friend's daughters is house-sitting this weekend, and she requested Toaster That's Strudel. That's cute. Um, our new patron is Ryan Thesson. <gasps> Aw, that's Ryan that used to work for me. Oh! He got the, he got one of the mugs. Oh, fun. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Rhino. You're the best. We love you so much. Yeah. Um, and we still, I think we still have a little bit of merch. So if you want to get in on that, yep. reach out to us on the Insta. And if you like this, give us five stars. Share us to all your friends. Yeah. Your dog, your cat, your mom. Your lava. Your lava. <laughs> your booty call. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, I'm starving, so let's let's do it. I know you are. Go get your waffle hut. Up uh, my waffle hut. The awful waffle. It is the waffle. It is a waffle home. Okay. It is a waffle home. It's a waffle home. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, thanks for hanging out. Love Love you. Bye. bye. Don't be like Gertrude. She can fuck all the way off. She can fuck all the way off. Rest in distress, Gertrude. (laughs) Bye, bye, bye. Bitch.
Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. January 3rd, 1945. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of something other than... (laughs) Hold on. Unfortunately helped uh you know oh <laughs> push push, push. oh dr arthur Kebble, Kebble, told their mother and sylvia uh that what blah, blah, blah. and on july 3rd oh <laughs> didn't we already say that part did you already put that i on did there? i scrolled up what did i do <laughs> wait i must have copy and pasted uh ben blah, 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 blah. Ben is, I can't spell it. No, it's Gertrude. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. So, love that for her.